They want me to change, they want me to change, but I ain't changing, nah. I remain the same. And you are not tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand seal. And as always on the Mighty Nerd DJs Radio Network. And today, you know, I usually don't do shows at 5 o'clock. Um, but I got Brian McKnight. I'm sorry. I have the Brian McKnight Jr. in the house. So I had to make uh, a, a special occasion for a special guest. I want to introduce y'all to the brother. How you doing, King? I'm great, man. How are you? Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thanks for coming on the show, man. How's your family? Everybody's good. Everybody's good, man. I actually just got from got back from Mexico. I think yesterday, my younger brother got married. So it was it was an it was an incredible week to say the least. Congratulations to your younger brother. Thank you, thank you. You know, um, what's going on with you, man? What's new? Oh man, honestly, just just everyday life for me at this point, man. Uh, I've been in full on daddy mode for a few months now, so that's probably the the biggest update for me. He's been hanging with my littlest one, who just turned one. Um, so it's been a busy June, man, for the family, but all all positive things, all positive. That's things. what's up, yo, man. Um, you make some dope music, by the way, too. I've been checking it out over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And what's new on the music front? Man, I got a lot of stuff coming. I actually just had three EPs, I feel like, in the last month and a half drop. Um, two with my brother Howard. One was a Love You Better EP, which was like a um, appetizer for the full album that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, that album is More Than a Lover. And that's um, a 10-track full or a 9-track full album that I feel like is some of the best traditional R&B, man, that I've heard in forever. So... Um, I mean, the response has been phenomenal, honestly. People are loving it. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited, man. And um, the other was with my brother Duke. That's called The Collection, which is just a couple songs we've been working on over the years, man. Um, a lot of them of which I had sent out to get synced or placed, and they weren't selected for whatever reason. And I felt mm-hmm. my, that they could work on me as well. So we just got those things out of there, man. And that's doing as well. I think we just crossed 20,000 independent streams in a week and a half or something like that too so it's been fun man i usually stay in a pretty consistent pattern of dropping music though no matter what's going on um in my life so you can always expect a lot of music to be dropping for me uh all the time (laughs) they they say r&b is dead like like why why is that not true uh well because everybody else is doing it is my favorite response to the whole R&B is dead movement. Um, we're the only ones having that conversation. And if you listen to the radio right now, everyone else is doing R&B. Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, uh, Adele, um, and, and, uh, BTS, you know, everyone else um, hmm. is doing R&B on that level. Because I, I feel like the R&B is dead conversation has more to do with it not being as popular as it once was more than it has to do with, you know, there not being R&B music out. There's definitely great R&B music happening right now. Um, we just aren't necessarily at the forefront of it anymore, I believe, in my humble opinion. Um, in terms is of it, Is that their way of, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off, but is that their way of no. doing us like they did with jazz or, and blues? Are, are they actively stealing R&B so. from us? I don't, I don't think so. I, and um, I, I, I say, honestly, that you know, 
if our if all of our great I'll put it this way without being too <laughs> uh, if all Talk of our your shit, greats, bro. Feel free to know, say whatever you want to say. Yeah. If, if, if all of our greats were gone, mm-hmm. if Babyface and Rodney Jerkins and all these people weren't still living and weren't still making music, then maybe. But I beg the question all the time, like, where did our greats go? Lionel, where, where did our, where, where Gamble and Huff, where do these people go? And why aren't we making the type, why don't we have, at least to me, it seems like at some point, we lost the, the drive in us to be the pioneers, to be the leaders, to be the people making the cutting edge music. And I don't blame technology. I don't blame where music is gone or any of those things that most of the other OGs do. But I mm-hmm. do, in my heart, hold a lot of people accountable that I feel like don't have the same, I don't know, fire for it anymore, who, or who have let the game or fighting for great artists to still have some of these slots that a lot of these other people are getting. I also don't blame the consumers anymore either, man, because they're still eating up traditional R&B from everybody else. Thinking out loud from Ed Sheeran and his R&B song, and that thing has done 15 million, I think, or something like that already. You know, my question is how come they are able to make, how, how, how is everyone else, as it would seem, because if you look at even the, 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 the Latin, the Latin pop mm-hmm. market, uh, we've got Afrobeat, I think is, is very, very popping right now. Um, you've got, you've got all the, I mean, a lot of the, the lady artists, I feel like are killing, but I don't know, man. It's like, where's our Whitney? Where's our Stevie? Where is our, our, what, where, where, are, where are our prolific artists that can compete with, you know, the Taylor Swift's and the Justin Timberlake's those that took our music. And I'm sorry, and um, you're breaking up a little level, bit. Man. Uh, could be, could be, there we go. Um, yeah, but I, but yeah, I, I, I can go, I, I can go I, on I, and I on about it, that. T- yeah, I, I agree with you kind of, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, but there is, there, there, yeah, there, there is. A, and it seems like I think like some of the OGs, a lot of the OGs didn't do a good job. And this is not just with R&B, it's with hip hop too. They didn't do a good job of grooming oh, yeah. the next generation. Well, you know, and especially and, with R&B, the since they can sing till they drop dead, they don't really like think about, OK, I need oh. successors. Yeah, no, without a doubt, man. And I mean, that that's a deeper part of our culture, especially when it comes to male R&B singers, just to be honest about how needing needing to be the only one is a lot of what held us back in the last 20 years as well. The lack of the greatest are the, the lack of our great artists working together, writing songs together, putting out great music together to compete with when things went digital, when NSYNC and the Battery Boys and everybody came and and everyone got scared of this new technology instead of embracing it. And I guess we know mm-hmm. we had that neo soul era that we still hold on to today as what real R&B is. That era, you know, early 2000s to wherever. Um, and again, I asked the question, where did those writers go? Where did, because, I mean, my generation didn't stop loving those that music. My the generation before me didn't stop loving that music. So are we just making music for children? Are we just making music for young white kids? I, I, I don't know what's going on. And I say the same thing for hip hop, man. I feel like hip hop is in the weirdest state of all time now because it's out of our hands. And the people that are the consumers, the top market buyers of these products are not us. 
So what happens to us? We have to then start catering to what they want from us. And we're not creating from the soul anymore. And I see more and more of these little young artists or this and that rapper here coming, you know, that, that has gained popularity in yeah. the types of things that they do. And now they do have a foundation, they do have a following, but it's not quite the same as having a hit record that's conscious and acceptable throughout everyone in the household that can grow and live on for generations to come. That's what we're missing. Yeah. And what I honestly yeah. plan on pioneering myself, man, because I feel like I, I've spent a lot of years wondering and waiting for the greats to show up, hoping that they would find some young kid now that could be our next Michael or whatever, you know, all these artists, where's our new Diana Ross? Where's our new, you know, and I only bring up names to talk to, to, to allude to the enormity of the type of artists that I'm talking about that we used to have mm -hmm. an abundance of, even in the times of the spinners and, and the Commodores and the great quintet singers and all like what happened to us loving those things? We, we still on YouTube watching. Every time I go home to my grandparents or every time I go to a house party or every time I'm out, I'm still hearing us sampling these things. So what happened to us creating these things? And I genuinely believe it also has to do with the fact that, man, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, the, the music industry has become a flip. The music industry, and more so yeah. it always has been, but at least there was integrity when it came to the songwriters back in the day. Now, man, the, the game is so clicky and the game is so... It is really now. Are the songwriters really getting paid? Because from my understanding, like the the oh, streaming man. has really kind of kind of cut out the the songwriter aspect. Listen, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of songwriters out here capping like they're not getting paid. Now, the percentage of them compared to the ones that aren't is a big difference. But we're talking hit records, you know, hit records. If you have a hit record, you're getting paid. If okay. you're an indie artist or if you're someone that has got some great traction, but we're not, you're not, you know, worldwide superstar status in the streaming, of course, you're not going to be getting paid as some other songwriters. But I don't know, man. I think the discrepancy comes with people, people wanting credit more than anything. Um, Uh-oh. Mm. Is that wrong? It's burning up. Uh oh. You all right? Hello? Uh oh. Can you hear me? Yep, there we go. <laughs> oh, okay. Is, is um, that wrong? No, that's definitely that they want credit? no, not at all. Not at all, man. Not at all. It's just, man, I feel like with how vast the music industry is because now a lot of these things man are so opinionated and so per individual that it's going to be hard to come to an agreement on a lot of things what yeah. i do, i love the law that have just been passed i love that there is a fight to pay songwriters more i definitely believe songwriters across the board should get paid more but um they're definitely getting paid it just depends if you know if you're not writing hits <laughs> chances are you aren't, you aren't getting, you know, you're not getting paid what you hope to get paid. And my only answer to that is to get into sync, get into sync. I tell all my young songwriters and all my young producers, get into TV and film. You'll make more money there than you can possibly imagine making from streaming and, and radio and the traditional ways, you know, especially if you're not Bruno Mars, if you're not Anderson Pack, if you're not a big rock act, or if you're not a big pop or electronic or EDM act that can go out 
and, and, and drop an album today and do 5 million streams in a week and 100 million in a month or two, yeah, those people are getting paid hand over fist. The problem, the other problem is, and this is gonna be controversial, a lot of people don't wanna hear it, but when you go and you look at the credits of these songs and you see 22 names on them, well, yeah, I mean, you can imagine, you ain't getting paid that yeah. much having to split the pot. You know, that's why I tell Man. everybody come right, you know, come right with a one percenter, only one name on the credit, Oh, your chances are you'll get paid a whole lot more without having, you know, a, an entire team of people in the room with you getting credit for a word or two or three, you know, or an idea that may not even have been theirs. You know, one of the earliest things I learned as a songwriter, you know, just being around the elite songwriters was mm -hmm. she's got your computer um, was that uh, uh, um never write a song in a room full of people because everyone can say that they said that or that they heard this and now they've got three percent on a record that you know R really may or may not be a hit song oh yeah oh yeah man that's that's an age-old thing you know what i mean um that's why for me man, so I'm somebody so somebody that, that had absolutely sure, nothing to do with the ink pen and the actual paper at all just because oh, yeah. they're over on the corner want some type of credit Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's an age, age old thing of the guy literally sitting in the corner that may interject on a word, one word, and then you'll see their name on the split sheet for that two or three percent. Um, and that's like, come on, man. I, 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 you know, I, I personally seldomly find myself in those situations. Um, mm -hmm. not that I'm not down for collaborating. I love writing with people. I love writing with new artists, but it's you'll you'll rarely find me in a room with more than two or three people inside, and I'm including engineers, the runner, whoever else, because everyone, especially when the magic is there, especially when people can sense that something's happening, especially when people can sense that this is a giggle, this could be a good one. Let me go ahead and get a, and you can always tell that person in the room because they'll have nothing to do with the initial idea, nothing to do with the melodies, nothing to do with the lyric or the theme of the song, but they'll always be that dude that's oh man what do you think about ah you know and i've become i've become incredibly <laughs> I've, be, I've become incredibly good at making people feel involved i am the king at making people feel like i'm really listening to their idea um that particular person in the session i'm great at being like oh yeah oh yeah yeah okay and ha literally paying it no mind because i know and I can feel in my heart that you don't care about the integrity of the song as much as you being able to say, oh man, yeah, yeah, I had something to do with such and such. I had something, so, you know. And that leads to, again, man, you go see that track list and there'll be 35 songs on that one song. If you ask yourself, how did it take 25 people, and this is to not a 25 piece orchestra song, to make one song? So. I don't know, man. A lot of these artists, a lot of these songwriters are hurting in that regard, but it really comes down to the song. It comes down to the artist. And, um, you know, go ask Max Martin if he's getting paid. He'll tell you every single time, them checks is coming in dump trucks. <laughs> okay. Him, I never heard of. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest, like, like super songwriter who wrote the I song mean, person. Baby but, face, but let me ask you this. Say the same thing. You sound like you've been schooled correctly. Like, who tutored you on the business aspect? You know what's funny, man, is that I, I, was, I still have yet to be fortunate to have a true mentor and a true tutor in the sense of the business side. Everything that mm. I've learned has come from me being fortunate enough to be in the rooms with the top people. 
you know, growing up with my dad, being in every meeting, being in every, hearing every call, you know, my mom as well on the overseas side. It's like just being privy to lawyer talks and songwriter talks and all of those things, man, have just kind of always put me at an advantage to go into meetings alone and know, you know, what my value is, what to ask for, what signs to look for from these type of people and all of that um, in terms of protecting myself, man. And you figure I've been an independent artist and I've been doing my own deals and I've been doing my own due diligence for almost 20 years now. And I was just in the right place at the right time as an, as an independent artist, um, especially when the digital stuff started to have enough content, enough music to get up early. About 10 years later, man, you know, these songs have accumulated millions and millions of views. And as an independent mm -hmm. artist, my royalties every month are pretty substantial and honestly changed my life in the sense of this is all I have to do every day still. It's just make music. It's just this right song, which oh, allows me nice. to um, continue to work at the level that I'm at and not necessarily need to jump at every session or opportunity that it put me in position to give all people that. I don't, yeah, you're breaking up a little bit again. You know what I do find interesting though. No, um, I don't. Can you still hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, everything that 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 you hear about you and your father has been negative that I've come across. Right. But it sounded in in, in that in that section right there, you brought up the fact that you were in the rooms with him, which which is something positive. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. What would you say would be like? Well, well, first off, where are you guys at relationship wise now? Uh, uh, we really don't have one, man. To be honest, and it's been that way for some time now. Um, mm -hmm. We figure for at least for about I haven't for about four or five years. Um, it's really been no communication. To keep it real, sparingly, sparingly up until just recently, um, but. That's how it goes, you know, that's how it goes. But it's like I've said even more recently, and as my the common theme and thread through my commentary as all this madness has been going on has been, you know, I'll never persuade or, or negate or take away from the fact that there were good times. There definitely were things, you know, that were a blessing without a doubt. We grew up very fortunate in the sense of I mean, the privilege that we got and the places that we got to experience at young ages and the people that we got to be around, whether my dad was really there or not, we were able to be a part of a certain lifestyle that a lot of people don't get to experience. That is one thing mm -hmm. that we will never deny and that we will never diminish and that I will always appreciate my father for. Um, he, I, I don't know, he, he did the best that he could with what he had, and that is just the truth. Um, the things that now that we're having to the tackle as men is an entirely different story and that part of the story man it just really has yet to come to fruition and we really don't know how it's going to go you know what i um, will say i have adult children i've always been a sponge yeah i have adult children and i will say that the how you tackle changing the changes in your relationship is not the easiest thing now i've got a great relationship with my daughters but how I talk to them has changed over the years because I'm no longer in charge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, so how I have to approach things, um, the respect level for who they are as a, a, a human being 
uh, you know, um, yeah. it, 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 it's not the easiest process, I will say that. Um, and some of us find it more difficult than others, especially, I don't know if your father had his father in his life. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that, man, because it, 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 it's, it's eerie to me how similar the patterns are between the relationship I had with my dad and the relationship he had with his dad. Because mm. his dad was missing in his life for a long time, up until quite recently as well. We're talking over two decades that they didn't speak, didn't see each other. And which equates to a lot of why I understand through all that I've learned, through all of my empathy and, and my, my, just my own self-enlightenment, to, 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 to respect and accept that my dad could only teach us from his own foundation of being taught. His dad showed him that it's this easy to turn your back on your children and to completely go start another life. That's exactly what his dad did. So it doesn't make, it's, it's not a surprise to me. I don't have to think so hard or, or dig too deep into how we could end up in this situation when it's just like, you know, we're, we're just watching a flashback in a sense. Um, the difference here is though, for me personally, I've done the work. I'm the link in the chain now as, you know, the next McKnight up in lineage mm -hmm. who, who has seen, man, okay, well, something had that, that, whatever has been happening has obviously continued to lead us to dysfunction. And what can I do personally as a dad now of three, a son and two daughters to ensure that they, A, never go through what we have gone through, ever mm -hmm. feel the way that we have felt but know our history enough to know who my father is, to understand who their grandfather was and is, um, and to continue to have that love and the knowledge enough to know that that respect will be earned if that chance is ever given one day. You ain't just going to get it. No, you're going to have to earn the respect of my son because he's going to need that from you. And that's mm -hmm. the difference now. And again, what leads me now at 33 turning 34 this year gives me so much solace in knowing, you know, regardless of what has happened between my father and I and my siblings and our dad, we have come to a place in our lives to where, you know, outside of the cliche saying, we don't need you type of thing, but that is the feeling and that is the sentiment from our side at this point. You know, my brothers and sisters are incredibly successful. They're incredibly gifted in every field that they're in, top of their classes, top of their fields, um, CEOs of companies. It's, you know, we are the black story of succession without a doubt, is what I tell people. And there is a lot of love there, but it is dysfunctional. But, you know, I have the hope and I have the optimism in my heart to know that one day there will be a reconnection and it will be glorious. And we will all do something great together that will solidify our crest and our stamp on history here as our family as i believe our tribe was meant to do on both my mother and my father's side of the family um and that's where i get a lot of my motivation from man a lot of my inspiration comes from working towards that goal while also keeping a level head and focus and a sharp eye on my personal goals as well man which will only help lead us to where i believe we could all go so that's been um a lot of where my focus has been for mm -hmm. this last year, man. I really took some time off just to reassess, to get back to self, man, and really feel that, you know, to, real, to feel whole in what my decisions are moving forward as both an artist, as a father, as a man. And rounding out in the beginning to this summer, I really feel like I have found that 
rhythm again. I found mm -hmm. that peace again to get back to my work, to start working on this album that I've just been writing for this last year, which I feel like is some of the best music that I've ever made and which will be the introduction to what I'm going to deliver to the people from here on out. Um, and I guess the one thing about me is that I can say, man, in all aspects, whether it's music or family, or all, it's just, I, I try my best to use it all to create. Um, I feel like that's what I'm here to do, especially when it comes to the songwriting thing. Mm -hmm. um, and especially as an independent artist, I wanna really be a champion for, you know, there never being starving artists moving forward at some point here in the future. I definitely wanna be a part of that as well. So um, it all comes you know, together, man. In an odd way, it seems like you've chosen the most difficult path. Right. Being it's being so his son. Because it would have been it would have been a lot easier probably for you to just go into some business office and do your thing. And your right. being Brian McKnight Jr. is 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 a much more of a benefit in a whole nother industry. I saw some people saying oh, that, yeah. that you should change no, you should change your name. Um and I've been thinking about that. All right. I could see where it's helped you, but over the last few years, I could see where people may not want to be bothered with the whole situation. Can both be true? Oh, yeah, no. No, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. And it's like I tell people all the time, and like I referred to in the post I made recently, it's like, you know, it's one thing to have a different stage name, I guess, is what I, what, what I should have expressed more deeply about what I was trying to say. It's like, I will never change my name. But right. I, throughout my career, have always gone by multiple aliases. So it's also not, you know, it's also not out of whack for me to pop up and have three or four albums under a different name, which is definitely what's coming here in the future as well, where I will be releasing a lot of music that's not under Brian McKnight Jr. personally, but mm -hmm. that is produced by Brian McKnight Jr. That is, you know, curated and created by Brian McKnight Jr., but it will be me playing different characters, which is what I've always wanted to do. Um, but now more than ever, it also seems imperative to me to show people that I'm never going to shy away from who I am because they can't handle it. There's, I still run into people all the time that have no idea who my dad is and to where Brian McKnight really? Jr. will be the first Brian McKnight. Oh, of course, man. I think we forget sometimes how big this world is. And I'm always reminded of that whenever I'm in a situation where I'm having to say uh, who I am and I get no reaction, I get no response because they don't know who my dad is. This young generation barely knows who my dad is. You figure the 20, the 19 to 22 year old kid, I got you. unless yeah. you grew up with, you know, Brian McKnight in your household, you don't know who Brian McKnight is. Now, if you search my name now at this point, chances are you'll find him. And then I feel like that's just more of a win for both of us as well. You know, as my dad's career takes on whatever trajectory that it does, I feel like my brand in itself as Brian McKnight Jr., the CEO, Brian McKnight Jr., the writer, the producer and creator can only help the McKnight brand on our side as having, you know, almost that, think about it like a Marvel or DC movie where we've got, you know, we've got the hero and we've got the quote unquote, villain we have both of them in our story and all the characters in between and that and, and I, like i love to say man I, i'm not putting either one of us in those categories because everyone has their version of which one of us that is and at this point i've 
personally don't care as long as you're listening to the music and investing in the art and letting your own heart decide um, what about it you enjoy or you don't enjoy. But for me, as long as it's making you feel something, I have still, as an artist, um, done what I was supposed to do. So, so you're not about to it, make no daddy diss track, diss track no time soon. Nah, if you figure I, I went through those phases, I've done all that. Not to say that I'm not writing songs about the situation, but it'll never feel like I'm dissing or I'm sneaking and throwing shots. No, but as a songwriter, there is songs that I have written that leave no doubt about how I feel about a lot of this as a son, as a father, and just as a man, period through this new series of music that I've been writing that is a lot more existential and introspective, which is what I feel like we're literally quite missing from a male R&B artist. We need that new D'Angelo voodoo type album. We need that Maxwell Urban Hang Sweet type album. We need that early Anthony Hamilton. We need those storytelling. We need those yeah. gritty, I'm a man. I, I, don't, I think we're missing a man. Like who, who do we have that could speak to these young men and women like, a grown man, you know, who ain't just talking about sex, who ain't just talking about, you know, I, I'm gonna fly you here and do all this. I, who do we have that's giving us some real? Um, uh, you I know don't know what. Um, like, I think that that lane hip hop has kind of taken over because there's like a, a lane in hip hop that's like the, the the emo hip hop, for the lack of a better term, right? Where where guys right. are really, you know, like especially like just like like really tough dudes are really kind of like being really introspective and talking about the, the pain that they've endured. Um, uh, right. T-Rail is good at that. Mo3 was good at that. Uh, there's a brother, uh, what is his name? Is it Devin? Deshaun is good at that. Um, it's a few guys, you know, so I don't know. I don't think it's left. I think it just moved over a couple blocks. Right. And it's, it's funny you say that, man, because what I always say is, the only issue with that being where it is, is that it limits the scope of people that are going to find and receive it. True. I think for, the, for, the, for it to be as transcendent as it needs to be, especially in this time, as we have noticed the decline in what it means to be a man in a household, especially a young black man, it's gonna take someone who can reach everybody in each household. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that's where that's what I feel like we're missing that you know, even re reversing back to the R&B is dead conversation. It's like, well, where is our guy or woman, you know, who's really hitting those notes and hitting those key like those points and in, in yeah. their music within their music um, that's pioneering and that's competing on that level to keep it yeah. in front of the world's. I eye. feel you. Um, like, like, I, I, it's no I, lifetime music. Exactly. Um, that's 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 cultural. That's widely culturally accepted, even outside of just our own personal culture. And yeah. that's where I feel like we we are losing right now, and where everyone has taken what we are good at and has spread it out. Um, yeah. And now we're having to catch up. But I also think that's a good place for us to be because it'll force those of us that are willing to do the work to become that great again. To be the next to, to have that next 80s that 70s to early 2000s run in our time of just great artists and great music great great collaborations like what happened to our duets what happened to the marvin Gaye and tammy terrell type music oh 
it, it's astounding to me that we let technology stop us from making that when we could be making the best music I, of all time. I think that died that died before technology, really. I oh, mean, like for me I anyway, agree. like uh Rick James I and agree. Tina Marie probably stopped after that one. Donny Hathaway and like the back together again. That just that that feeling. I feel like for me it's more of what happened to a us wanting that and craving that feeling that type of yeah. music used to give yeah. us. Even yeah. if it was sad, even if it was coming from a death, it still gave you that. It, it made you, it gave you chills. It gave you goosebumps. It made the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I listen to the radio now, or I go through these best new artist songs now, and it just seems like, A, they're, they're going after a specific group, a specific feeling, which is melancholy or vibey or sad or they I'm, so, think I'm going before they write yeah and instead of just feeling you know i miss yeah. I, I don't know i i would love to see and i honestly believe it's coming and this summer will be the beginning of us getting back to dancing shouting begging just emotion raw feeling coupled with this new wave of tools that we have which can only enhance you, you know, something great. It's like Quincy said, man, you you, you, you can't polish doo-doo. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing now. <laughs> they're shining up. They're shining this doo-doo up as best as they can. So it so feels so it's golden. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you crack it open, man, and what you got. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Who, be, best songwriter? Right now? Period. Of all Living, time. dead, period. Best songwriter of all time. I mean, one one would have to argue, and I'm I'll base this just off of a cultural impact and and quality and quantity of songs. You know what I mean? And there's mm -hmm. two names up on that list for me, and that and one is David Foster for okay. sure. Okay. And the other would have to be Max Martin. You know, I was who is who I brought up earlier, because they're the two. And I mean, I, I'll put Lionel in there. I'll put. I, I would go as far as to put my dad in there as well, but I would David say Foster Diane Warren. And and see, I love, and this is controversial too. I love Diane. She's a great writer as well. But name me five Diane Warren hits right now. Is that is that. That's not her. It, it, I think she, she, she's she's never know. been a, a frontline songwriter. And that's that. See, that's for for me though. You know, that's just that's that's how I because I want to be, I want to be. David Foster and Quincy, Quincy mm -hmm. as a producer, David Foster as a songwriter, pure okay. piano songwriter. I will literally sit here right now and write you a hit record. And it will be a hit record and not just a little hit record, but we're a number one. I mean, we're still singing. We're still singing uh, um, all those Chicago hits. We're still singing all those Earth, Wind and Fire hits that a lot of people don't even know was David Foster. You know what I mean? Up until he I mean, the list he's got is outrageous. Why he goes by the hitman. As just a songwriter, you know, um, there's a lots of prolific people who have written a song or two that we love, but oh. every single time, you know, Prince, all, Prince, Prince and our Prince. Prince and Prince. and I know don't kill me out there, but this is strictly from a songwriting perspective. R. Kelly, 
I mean, listen, our, our Robert, great songwriter as well, didn't transcend enough genres to make my list. R&B, got it, can't I touch can, it. I, I, yeah, I can see that, though. I can see, I can see can't what you're saying. It. Like, like you outside know? of uh, I, I Can Fly, and, it wasn't too many. Right. That's where, to speak, in my personal opinion, I've always put my dad at the top of the list. My dad can write you through any genre, any key, on any instrument and any time period that you'd like. And he never got the opportunity to truly expose how incredible and how prolific as a writer he could have been for other people because he didn't want to work with anybody. He didn't have the patience to do it. Um, because no one understands my dad's vault of music that people have, that I have, uh, that I, I'm one of the only people that have access to and that have listened to since I was a kid. We're talking thousands of songs, thousands of songs, and you won't find a bad one. And that's not because I'm his son. That's as a fan, as a songwriter myself, who has put myself to that standard, which mm. is why now I've got a vault of almost, you know, six or seven, six or 7,000 songs, and you won't find a dud, and they're through every possible genre that there is. Because to me, man, a songwriter has always been who, who, can, who, who can keep their finger on the pulse without chasing and that who can deliver every single time, whether it's once, twice, or a hundred times in that month. And that's what I think we're missing nowadays is people that can really, really do that because the art of songwriting isn't taught anymore, one. And people are chasing TikTok, man. People are, you know, the, the, there aren't that many people yeah. at the top that are still doing it like they were doing it back in the day. Um, and the ones that are don't care about being at the top. So that's why we're in such an interesting place, man. But I love it personally because I, I don't know. It seems like we could either be we could either be heading into like the golden era of music, where you know we're, we're, we 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 end up having just an influx of incredible art come from all these different directions, and we all become reinvigorated again to to take our palate back up both our ears and our minds to look for a little more to be impressed by a little more to mm -hmm. hold these artists to the kind of standard that we used to the kind of standard that myself and my father have always been held to by outsiders that where we can't slip up we can't come out with something cookie cutter we can't just give you something for the radio we can't it has to be prolific every time you hear something with our name on it which is the other reason why i've always appreciated being brian mcknight jr because mm -hmm. people immediately hear my name and despite what they might think they know about us they know i mean business. quality it's yeah every single time man um so, so let me again, ask you this. Yeah. has he ever called you up and been like damn i wish i had written that when i was younger yeah when I was younger, yeah, when I was when I turned 17 and I really and I knew I had gotten good when I was, you know, I'm writing five or six songs a day, producing six or seven songs a day. He was him and my brother and my mom, obviously, were the first people to hear any of these, mm -hmm. hear any of this music. And if he, I was always emailing him first and there were a few times where that was the case. And it always, I guess, I don't know. I always think to myself now, had he had taken a chance and released a few of them joints on himself, a lot of really could have been different. But I attribute that also back into, man, that 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 male R&B mindset of that I, I have to be the only one. I have to be the one to do it. And um, 
I don't know. I still hope and pray that at some point we do get that opportunity to sit back at the board together and make the album I've always believed that I could give him, you know, um, or the album that we could do with each other. But I would love, I would hands down kill to still let bygones be bygones and make that album because it would be the best album of all time, I think, from not just a father and son, but from a male mm -hmm. R&B artist, singer, songwriter. Because that's my so let me, genre, man. I, you know, I am a singer songwriter at heart. Thirty years from now, when your son is sitting in your spot right now doing an interview with somebody, what do you want him to say about you? That daddy was there, and he all that I always believed in him, and because that is, will always be the truth. Um, I, 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 my son already knows, despite even the, the, the lack of the amount of time that him and I get to spend each other, when we are together, he knows daddy is attentive, daddy is present, and that I am behind him for whatever he wants to do, even if I know it's going to get him in trouble with his mama, even if I know it could potentially <laughs> hurt him, as long as he is being brave and he is doing something that fulfills his heart and soul that isn't purposely hurting him or hurting anyone else inadvertently. I got his back and always will. And that goes for my daughters as well. There will never be a time where they feel like daddy isn't in their corner. Now we may disagree. We may not see eye to eye, but there will never be a time where I ain't talking to him or that he can't call me up or come squeeze me if he needs to. And we don't got to say nothing. You there's, know, there's and, I'm going to be honest with you. There's probably going to be a time where you don't talk to them. It may not be four I don't or five ever see years. That happening, man. I'll be honest with you. <sighs> I absolutely I never, rest I, my mother rest in, rest her soul. I, I was my mother was my best absolute best friend, but me and her are, were so much alike. There were a couple of times over, over my life where we didn't talk to each other for maybe like a week. Like you know, like it wasn't it wasn't you know like. But at the end of the day, it's still a a, a relationship with another human being, and sometimes y'all get mad at each other. And sometimes you, know, you need a little space. I don't know, man. I think in my in my particular cocktail of childhood and the things that I've seen and the parent to children relationships that I've seen now as an adult to where that mm -hmm. truly has never been the case. And it's one of those things where you can't even imagine these two people clashing. I'll say is the relationship I hope to always be able to okay. cultivate with them. Now, if they need space from daddy, it's one thing. I will, you know, because I'm not, I, I, it's never one of those things where I could smother, I, they, you know, we need space. Daddy needs his yeah. space. But to imagine that there could be a disagreement or, 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 a, or, or a, some kind of, like any type of signs or crosses getting mixed to where we'd have to take that type of a break from each other, I can't imagine it. Because I know most of it stems from, uh, how can I put it? Most, most of those disagreements or most of those breaks come from, and not even a need to see eye to eye, but, but a lack of almost respect and the ability to be able to truly hear and see them without there need to be a resolution. And I think that's something I've learned from, <clears throat> again, the, the couple fathers and the couple relationships that I've been fortunate enough to be around where i've watched that happen and it's still a no we're gonna hug and we're gonna be all right and i'll be back tomorrow um but again you know you can't yeah you you can't foresee the future but i just know on my side with how i have felt being on the receiving end of someone 
that doesn't even want to put in the effort, I don't ever want my kids to feel like that. So they will they will never get that energy from me. And I am, I vow that that will never be the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? Now that if I think about it, it really was, it wasn't my mother giving me that energy. It was me. Oh, I'm pissed at you, ma. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was really just you know it, it's more immaturity on my part yeah. and my you know, my journey through it through manhood learning how to communicate as an adult yeah yeah because we listen we no one gave us I, I don't think any of us man in our culture and in our nature really had a good blueprint at all i, don't, I still don't think there is one today you know yeah. in the sense of communication and the sense that she if she turns that on it's going to connect to my phone in the sense of communication <laughs> it's, um, we, we we still need it man and that's why even myself personally um i wrote a i wrote a book during the pandemic man that is all about that you know it's called the player's handbook to find success and happiness and it literally is just me it's half autobiography half handbook on how to a be more honest and open with yourself which can only lead you into being a better communicator in all aspects, man, especially when it comes to whether you want to be a dad or not. Um, Because we can only learn and we can only teach through our experiences, man. And I think a lot of us growing up didn't have a vulnerable enough relationships with our dad to truly understand what they were going to. And sometimes a lot of us don't get the opportunity to feel that until we're going through it which I experienced early. I've done everything and I've been through all of what my dad went through in half the time and somehow managed to make my situation work and still be able to chase my dream and provide and do the things that I want to do that I like to have fun doing and all of that. You know what I mean? So it can be done, but it does take diligent work and it does take a look in the mirror and, and assessing what you need to do personally to ensure that you can be there for the people that need you. And when you have children, that is number one uh, on yeah. every list. So the shit ain't easy, bro. That's, being that's being, just what being it is. a father, no, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's like, ain't like, easy. Like, listen, man. Like my like my uncle David used to say, "R.I.P. It ain't for the weak," and that's just the truth. <laughs> you say your uncle, your uncle David Arnold. My uncle David Arnold, man. Yes, sir. Yo, I got the opportunity to interview him some years ago. Amazing, man. Amazing. And, one and of my was... favorite fathers of all time. What's crazy is I was thinking about that interview just a few days ago because that was one of the interviews where like he was like a big like at the time I interviewed him, he was a big interview for me. Yeah. Amazing. man, Amazing. Like I live in Cleveland. He's from Cleveland. I'm a nurse. He used to be a nurse. Um, Actually, our anniversary is the same day. Um, We had a lot in common. But this was like that that interview that. I didn't feel nervous. Like up until that point, the the names that I had interviewed, I'd always, you know, I'd get anxious and you know, it'd take yeah, me yeah. a couple of couple of minutes to get going in the conversation. But it just um it was and it was the uh the first comic I interviewed where I wasn't yeah. expecting him to be funny. Yeah. Like other comics, if I get them on in my mind, well, this is gonna be a hilarious episode. And oftentimes comics don't really, you know. They want to be funny at work. If, yeah, inter- yeah, yeah. if you're interviewing them, that's not work for them. That's a conversation. And let's talk about life. Yeah, man. Yeah. He was just a really, man, 
just he a, was a spark, beautiful man. conversation. He was a spark, man. Still, again, one of my biggest influences, man, as both a father and an entertainer and a, and a businessman, honestly, man. Um, the way he was able to navigate all of those aspects in his life man. Are, are some of the most inspiration, some of the most inspiring things of still. You know, I, I wish so much, and I don't know, this could be given a little more of a family business than I should, but I think it just adds so much context to this entire conversation. Had my dad been more willing to be inspired by my Uncle David as well, because they were close at one point, they were boys at one point, and had a falling out over some BS, which was entirely on my dad. And missed those formidable, formidable years where my Uncle David really took that opportunity and bet on himself and became the man that we knew him to become. Um, and, and, and I'm so thankful that he was my uncle man and that we were close and that we did share those moments and that I was able to thank him for that face to face in his ear as I hugged him for being that guy to me before he passed away, unfortunately. So, I mean, that one thing about the situation I am thinking that he knew exactly how I felt about him as a man, as a father, and as an artist, as a writer. You know, he was one of the best, still one of the best. Um, and I miss him dearly, man. Yeah, that dude was hilarious, man. It ain't for the week. Get you Real one of talk. these families, man. It, it ain't for the week. <laughs> it ain't for the week, baby. <laughs> Yo, um, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they go about doing that? Man, I am literally at Brad McKnight Jr. across the board. So I am not hard to find. And I'm really not hard to reach either. You know, I am trying my best to get back to the DMs I get. I try my best to get back to the comments I receive. Um, anytime you receive any type of correspondence from any of one of my platforms, you're talking to me. Um, so come on through. There's a lot That's coming. Dope, man. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, 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 the next few years, man, I think are going to be some of the best for the McKnight clan. Um, and I'm super, super excited. Super excited. Well, don't, don't forget about an old guy, man. Just, you know, come back. Oh, will do. Anytime, man. This was, a, this was a great, honestly, great combo. I'm super, super glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you never know. You know, some, sometimes hey. it's not with, you know. Right. I, I had a feeling, though. <laughs> I thought you'd be, you know, I've watched a couple of your, your, your uh, interviews, a few. Um, and you, you, you really just, uh, you have a resilient spirit. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, very, you're, you're very, you're an inspiring cat. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I'm, appreciate I'm being that. honest. Like, like some shit, like certain shit, like, um, I couldn't imagine being in your shoes, having some of the things have, had to play out for the whole world to see. Like I've had family issues. Every everybody has a dysfunctional family to some extent. Not everybody has to deal with the dysfunction with everybody watching the dysfunction. Right, right. You yeah. know, and the way that you've handled it, man. Salute to you, bro. Ah, thank you, man. Thank you. You know, it, it, it's it's. Listen, I would be remiss to say that it's an easy thing, but I am blessed, man, to have my support system. I'm blessed to have these little ones around me and completely blessed to be able to do what I do, being that it is my favorite thing in the world to do, man, which is make this music and to turn all of this, all of the things I go through, the good, the bad and the ugly alike into something great for people to 
either be inspired by or learn from or be healed by um, makes it all worth it for me. So the ups, the downs, man, I, I wouldn't change any of it for the world. All right, before we go, um, I want to introduce somebody to Brian McKnight Jr. as an artist. Give me three songs I should let them listen to. <laughs> well, number one, man, I would be, I would say Marry Your Daughter, for sure. That is my biggest hit. That is my, the, the song that has changed my life, continues to change my life. Um, number two would be a song uh, called Ain't It Obvious off my album Arte Perdido which is a compilation of songs that were lost, I would say, in a fire that I will never be able to recreate again. And that's hands down my favorite song I've written to date. That's out. Um, say, that, say, that, say the name of that song again, too, because it broke up a little bit. Uh, Ain't It Obvious. Ain't okay, It Obvious. And then for the third, let me see. Let me see. Um, I have a song called Best Man. Best Man. It's a country anthem, I think. And it's on a project called um while we're still alive it's a little ep i dropped that's completely singer songwriter piano based but some of the best songs i've ever done and that would be a good starter pack uh, for brian mcknight jr i think okay well, i appreciate you man um thank you family for loaning you to us for a little bit <laughs> we'll do, uh, we'll do. And, and shout out to you is that your daughter in the background yeah man she's in here ripping and running around Sounds adorable. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> no doubt, man. If you ever need anything, anything I can ever possibly do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. Uh, will do. I appreciate that, man. No doubt, man. On that note, man, we're going to be tapping out. Um, yes, sir. Again, thank you. And you have a great of one, course. brother. You too, brother. Please stay safe out there. Oh, you too, man. All right, man. Peace. And that was Brian McKnight Jr., man. just want to thank the brother again, man. Really, really, really dope conversation. Um, and you know how I do, man. I only really rock with legends around here. And Brian McKnight Jr. is absolutely no exception. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and all that other stuff I'm supposed to say. Shout out to M3S3. Man, make moves. Suck and stand still. And uh, the whole Nerd DJ's family, man. Shout out to uh, DJ T-Rex. Shout out to DJ Squirt. Shout out to Big Hef. And the OG's OG, DJ Johnny O. This is Jobs, and you have been tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. I will be back in an hour with uh, Sacramento Finest, Sacramento's Finest, Sebo, the legend, Cowboy. Y'all already know. Let's go, man. Y'all have a good one. I'm out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.